as a single person, you you don't you don't have you know um, you don't bounce off your your financial decision to anyone. You can wake up the next morning and decide that you're going to buy yourself you know uh, a new car, and you don't have to discuss that with anyone. Welcome to the My Money My Lifestyle podcast, where we discuss all things money because whether or not we like it, money matters. I'm your host, Maya Fisher-French, and today I decided to answer a question from a follower of mine. So I just want to say thank you to Twitter handle Afrinati because he asked this question. What are the must-haves, must-have investments a newly married couple should consider? And I thought, wow, this is a really good topic for discussion um, about how I think generally a newly married couple should start managing their finances together and, and aligning their goals. And uh, who better to bring onto the podcast to answer this than Morocco Modiba, who is the managing director of Fatima Capital and author of Think Yourself Rich and The Wise Investor, which we have discussed on this podcast previously. So welcome, Morocco. No, thank you. Thank you, uh, Maya. Um, as you say, this is a very, very interesting topic indeed. Um, you know, looking back on my own experience, um, when I got married, you know, it was exciting to talk about our, our wedding, you know, and the honeymoon, you know, what clothes are we going to wear, you know, the cake and this and that. That conversation was 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 much easier, you know. Uh, but post the honeymoon, now when we had to sit down and talk about our household finances, it became a different challenge because... None of us wanted to start the conversation about, you know, the finances. And, uh, and I can understand the challenges that, you know, some couples will have, you know, having this discussion. So this is a very, very important discussion indeed. And, and it's so interesting that you, you know, that you say that about, about the, the wedding. It's all the, and, and the money that gets spent on the wedding. And generally speaking, you've ended this wedding with less money. Either your savings are now depleted or you're, you know, have a credit card debt because of it. And, and how do you start having the, you know, those conversations around it? And we, you know, one of, one of the best um, terminologies I've ever come across for sexually transmitted debt, because you often, when you're marrying somebody else, you know, you, you know, if you're both savers and you've got lots of investments, I think the conversations are a lot easier to have than like, okay, let's talk about the debt or the credit scores. So, you know, how did you navigate? How do you navigate those sort of conversations? I think what makes the, the conversation um, difficult is that, you know, um, we as a single person, you, you, don't, you don't have, you know, um, you don't bounce off your, your financial decision to anyone. You can wake up the next morning and decide that you're going to buy yourself, you know, uh, a new car and you don't have to discuss that with anyone, right? As a single person. But when you get married, it's a difficult ball game altogether, right? I you think, need to talk to you. Yeah. I, I, I just had to laugh when you said that, because I think that must, that I've come across as one of the hardest things. So people are so used to being on their own and it's like, well, don't tell me how to spend my money, but it's no longer my money. I mean, you know, together as a couple absolutely absolutely and 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 some 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 people you know um um they have a situation whereby there is what we call a black text whereby you are the only person um in your family who's working and um, you've been taking care of them for the past couple of years and now you are married right and you can't just leave 
your family members behind, right? But at the same time, you need to sit down with your partner and say, look, this is my situation. This is how much I'm making. And I can only put on the table 60%, mm. right? Those kind of uh, challenges, they, they, they come into play. That's why some people will decide, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have this conversation because, you know, uh, my partner will not understand my situation, right? And um, as a result, they'll, they'll, they'll just be reluctant mm-hmm. uh, 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 to sit down and, and talk about it. And, and the reality is, if you don't talk about it as a couple, you know, um, you're not going to make it. You know, you're not going to make it. As, as we always say that, you know, when, when you need to buy, um, if you need to build uh, a strong, you know, uh, house that can withstand harsh, harsh weather conditions, you need a plan. Mm-hmm. The same thing with your business. When you need to build a business plan, a business that will withstand harsh economic conditions, you need a business plan. Mm-hmm. Same thing with 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 your with your uh, uh, um, your financial success. You know, you need to start with that conversation and put plans in place mm-hmm. to guide you as a couple. You know how you can achieve your financial success. And, and, you know, it's interesting you say that because I come across a lot of the time, uh, somebody will come to me and they'll say, I'm struggling financially. Um, and the minute I, I say to them, well, what is your household budget? What do you together spend every month? They don't know. They, they don't. And, and what I find is that couples say, one says, oh, I'll look after the mortgage and the car finance and you look after the rest. But there's no concept as to what that is costing them in a, on a monthly basis. And I find it's quite an interesting one. I find women, so men tend to generally look after the assets. They will pay off the house. They'll pay the insurance, those sorts of things. The woman takes care of the day-to-day spending, which often can include groceries. And once they have children, the children. And those actually go up you know, by inflation, if not higher, and actually become more and more expensive. Whereas your bond repayments, okay, at the moment we're going through bond rate increases, but generally speaking, those stay quite static. And over time, the woman doesn't understand why she's living in her credit card. And, and I always say, but have you not sat down as a couple to understand what it costs you to live? So, I mean, what is the importance of actually putting together that household budget from day one? You get together and you say, right, what does it cost us to live? Yes. No, no, no. You, you 150% right. Um, um, that's why I always say that, you know, having that conversation is a huge win. It's a massive, massive win. But unfortunately, the conversation, it wouldn't be enough. You need to put these things down, you know, together as a couple and say, listen, this is the financial plan that's going to show us where we are today and where we're trying to be you know, in the future, in the next coming five, 10 years or 20 years, right? And 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 then draft a, a budget to say, how can we utilize our finances or our money effectively to achieve our goals? And some of them can be short-term goals. Some of them can be mid-term goals. Some of them can be long-term. But you need to have everything on paper so that it can guide you, right? And everybody needs to buy into it. So that when, when things that, you know, are drifting, I mean, there's going to be a point where, you know, some unforeseen, you know, events that will come whereby you need to take money from there and there and, and deal with that, right? But the, the, when the plan is in place, when the budget is in place, you can go back and say, okay, we, we, we drifted a little bit. Let's go back to the plan. Let's, let's, let's continue with our journey and, you know, uh, 
so that we can get there quicker. And and I think part of that 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 budget as well needs to include things like your entertainment. So things now we do date night, uh, Morocco. I don't know if you do. <laughs> we do date night. It's in our budget, and, and that's something okay. we both enjoy. Um, and then just, just I'm going to share a little bit how we do our budget in the, in the Fisher French household. So okay. we, we we have date night, but also I have my own personal budget that I spend on my hair and my nails and the things that I want to spend on. Um, and my husband's my husband's a mountain biker. Anyone listening to this will go, oh no, shame, um, <laughs> because they spend that costs a lot of money. And but that is we take that out away. So we say we we, we allocate a certain amount for our personal expenses and how we manage that. You know, is our is our own business, obviously, um, because men never understand how much women spend on on clothes and hair, and women don't understand men's gadgets and whatnot. So it's fair enough, no judgment. So I think it's important to have a little bit of your own autonomy in that space, um, but at the same time, understanding what life costs you together. But and then, of course, not taking on, not going into massive credit card debt for the hair and the clothes and the mountain biking either. So there, there's got to be some kind of commitment to each other that. And especially, of course, if you're married in community of property, which is not advised, but, you know, any credit yes. taking on is, is actually, you know, being shared by your partner. Your partner is effectively responsible for it. Absolutely. Now, I agree with you. I agree with you 100 percent. And, and uh, I think w- w- what I've experienced is that, you know, if couples will come to me and say, you know, we want to invest. You know, they'll be excited to say, oh, no, we want to start our investment journey and I can promise you, if they don't have any financial plan in place, two years down the line, I'll receive a phone call or an email to say, listen, we want to disinvest because something came up, you know? And as you know, in investment, time is your best friend, Mm -hmm. you know? You want to start early and build on it, you know? So if if you don't have a plan, you're going to have a stop you know, uh, start, stop, start, you know what I mean? So you don't want to do that with your investment. When you start your journey, your investment journey, you should just go all the way, right? So I agree with you uh, on that. And and just to, uh, let's get on to the investing, investing point though, because of course you, you know, you say something comes up. So I suppose the first thing for me is, is making sure you have that liquidity that, you know, your first, your probably first financial decision together shouldn't be, long-term investing it should be your shorter term um i need an emergency fund like what does our emergency fund look like um how do we settle some of the short-term debt maybe that we've both come into this relationship with um and, and it sort of starts there and then you start looking at your other goals you want to buy a house you want to uh, start maybe children are going to come along the way then you will have retirement so how do you unpack all of those actually by the time you finish your entire salary has gone to all these different things you've got nothing left but you know how does one unpack that as a newlywed couple what are the priorities and almost like how do you put those priorities in place i think one of the most important thing as you just mentioned now is uh, an emergency fund right and um, and here we're not talking about investing we're just talking about saving you know, putting that money aside for unforeseen, you know, uh, events in the future, right? And um, once that is in place, you can look at your short-term goals. You know, what are you trying to achieve in the next coming 12 months, 24 months, and 36 months, right? And and, and those things will guide you in terms of where to put your money because uh, at the end of the day, you don't want to put your money in a fixed deposit whereby you have agreed with the bank that, you know, the money is going to be there 12 months 
and now you're going to you know uh, withdraw the money within six months right so you should look at your your short-term goals you know which can range from you know a few months to to, to to three years and then allocate that money not in an investment product mm. but in a, in a in a savings you know product such as the money market account we're looking at fixed deposit account we're looking at normal savings account the the the, the aim here is 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 convenience mm. you want your money you know as quick as po- as possible and make sure that you know um um you you, you wouldn't incur a lot of uh penalties mm. right or or, or or losses um yeah so i think the, the the emergency fund for me is the first step this is where you need to put the money aside and then now you can look at uh uh, your short-term goals, whether you want to uh, deposit for a car, mm. which can be something in two years, 12, uh, 24 months, or even three years, you can put your money in a money market account, right? So those short-term goals are the ones that you should focus on first and then graduate to to, to the long-term goals. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and you know, you, you were talking about a deposit for a car, and it's actually a question I get quite often, and I think this is a very important point to, that you've made. So people say to me, I'm saving for a car, for the next, in, in, that I'll need money in two years' time for a car or for whatever I'm doing, holiday, maybe they're saving for the World Cup, that's a big popular one. Um, and they always say, where can I get the best return? And that's almost not the right answer because it, it, you don't want to be taking risk with this money. What you're wanting to do is to know that the money will be there plus some interest at the end of the period, because it's such a short term, you can't go and go and, and, and try and think, okay, I'm going to stick it in the stock market and hope for the best. And I think people get it caught in that. They get caught in chasing the return rather than the correct product or the, you know, the correct investment or savings account for their needs. So I think very important if you're looking at those sorts of things, you know, quite frankly, the interest rates at the moment are going up a little bit, so you can do quite well. Um, but that's not what you're doing. What you're doing is you're saying, I want to make sure that that money is available when I need it. So really, really important point. But now, you know, you, you, you obviously have got your goals. You say, right, this is our strategy. We, by the way, are also um, looking at a car in the next two years' time. So we've been looking at cars and deciding and doing all that. But you also need to start saving and, and preparing for the longer term. Now, I know children may be coming along the way. Um, By the way, if you're going to be having kids, you definitely need to save a lot of money for at least two years just to cover the costs of having the child. (laughs) Absolutely. But now you may get into a point where you, you know, you're looking longer term, uh, five to 10 year goals. Um, Maybe you've kicked that out, you know, buying a home. Maybe that's something you've pushed out further or you're, you're now having a child and you want to save for their education. Where do you go for that sort of five to 10 year goal? Yes. Yes. I think. I think. Yes. This. This is. A, that's a great question. Um, I think what 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 people need to understand is that you know uh, saving is important. Yes, for for convenience. But you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to put your money in a in a money market account for more than three years because it's it, it's generating um, a smaller interest, right? And at the same time. Um, um, it's going to struggle to beat inflation, right? This is this that's the problem with putting your money uh, in, a, in, in, in a in a in a safer product like a, like a money market account, right? So now this is where you need to look at products that can beat inflation and and give you a little bit of uh, return on top of that, 
you know, to 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 boost uh, your 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 the value of your money, right? So in in the products like uh, like um, uh, ETFs, mm-hmm. uh, unit trusts, you know, um, shares on the market, this is where it comes in. But but you know, uh, as a as a young uh, couple, you know, uh, my assumption is yeah, you don't you wouldn't know too much about you know uh, investing directly into uh, 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 the market and you know but you can keep it simple you can keep it simple by looking at the tax free savings account uh, that offers you products uh, of uh, the collective investment schemes which are your unit trust and 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 and, and the, the, the ETFs exchange traded funds um, but ETFs for me is uh, the easiest and the affordable product that one can get, mm. right? Especially when you get it through the, the tax-free savings account, right? So meaning that your returns are, are tax-free, right? You can start as small as you want. You can start with 50 rand, as you, as you always say. You can start saving at 50 rand, or you can start with a lump sum. Your products, your investments are diversified, mm. meaning you don't have to incur a lot of costs and, and fees by trying to buy this share there and another share there. When you buy a basket of top 40 uh, ETF, you have the exposure of the biggest 40 company on the JSE, right? So I think ETFs, Unitrust, for me, that's where you can start as a novice investor. Mm. As you improve, as you improve and get better and start understanding, oh, this is how it works. Oh, you know what? I like MTN better. You know, I like ShopRite better. I like Nespers better. Then you can graduate and start looking at individual shares. Mm-hmm. But as a start, my advice would be start small, you know, um, and, and, and build your portfolio using ETFs, mm-hmm. which is exchange traded funds, or you can use, you know, unit trust as well. You know, and, and I mean, then so, can... I mean, I just think about what is in the market. And I think I've written about this before where, you know, when I started 20 odd years ago, these things didn't really didn't exist. And it was quite expensive, you know, you, to get into into the market where now, as you say, I think it's Satrix or even Easy Equities. All these guys are coming out 50 rand a month. You can start investing. You really don't need a lot of money. And I think what's important here as well is obviously the tax free set. If you, if you use a tax free saving structure or even if you're just going directly to a unit trust, for example, you, can, you each have it in your own name. So you would be, it would be your, your own investments. But as a couple, you would be saying, right, okay, this is what I'm investing. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm doing. So I suppose there would be, I was sort of thinking there's probably joint, um, you know, joint agreements about what that money would be, would be used for. And maybe something like children's education. So maybe now you, you're saving for your child's education. That would be a combined sort of, you know, you'd still take it out maybe in your own names, but you would say, right, guys, we're putting this money away. And my son, my husband and I do that. We each contribute to our sons. Um, we both put the money in the same place, but it comes off our different salaries and we, we contribute for our child's, our children's education. And, and that's how we share that, that load. Um, but then perhaps when it comes to your own specific goals, so maybe you want to stop working in three years time and start a business and you've got this idea. 
And, and that's another very interesting discussion to have with your partner to say, look, this is my goal. One day I don't, you know, I'm bringing in the salary at the moment, but I want to in a couple of years time actually start this business idea and, and making sure that, that together you've agreed to that, that you've got a little bit of a nest egg um, that can support that. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that a couple need to navigate. Actually, if you're going to be married for 30, 40, 50 years, there's a lot of those experiences that you're going to, to have to navigate and, and have those conversations and make sure you understand what levers that you can pull in your in your joint finances to to support each other mm. no absolutely absolutely uh, that's why it's important for for each partner to buy into the plan 100% you know to support each other 100% you know what you don't want to do is you you you, you don't want to uh, start investing on your own without letting your partner know right uh, it, it might be your own investing for your own goals, personal goals, but your partner needs to be aware of them. You know, I mean, starting a business is not an easy thing, Mm-mm. as we all know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, it's not an easy thing, right? So, uh, uh, the, the right way to go about it is you need to sit down and talk to your to your partner, and you you both go in it knowing that okay, after three years. Uh, he or she's going to start their own businesses and then there's the money for it. On top of that, you have to create a little bit of buffer because things might not work out in the first year or two. You know, um, somebody needs to, you know, pick up the slack. You know what I mean? So I think this is where understanding comes in. This is where, you know, both partners will know that, okay, Here's a plan. Here's a here's a here's a uh, the money that we are putting in, and when things don't work out, we we have a a backup, you know, mm. to 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 help out to to help out. Yeah, I think it's an important one that I see a lot of young in in many couples. In fact, I did the same thing. My husband, you know, my husband and I both during the courses of our career gone off on our own, left companies, done things, and it's been it had to be a very important conversation because as a couple we had to cut back. We had to make we had to both agree that this was the right thing for us as a couple and therefore we had to cut back. So it takes a, a joint agreement that we're going to cut back on our spending and that to support one of us in our, in our business ventures. So I think that is, you know, that that's really, really important. Um, but also retirement. Now, you know, retirement is something that I, I, you know, again, we, you just, I'm sure anybody who knows anything knows about compounding right by now. Um, and so, and, and generally when you start, when you get getting married, if you're both employed, you're probably part of your company's pension fund anyway. But it's such an important thing to have separately as well. So not just um, that you both make sure that you are are saving for retirement. Because if you if your one partner isn't and they're doing nothing about it, and you are, then what happens when you get to retirement? You know, do, the impact on your lifestyle and all of those things. So I think that is also something that um, couples need to you know, do need to discuss and say, well, I'm, you know, and often in couples you find there's the one who does the saving and the one who doesn't, um, but the one who's not saving maybe needs to, you know, be part of the conversation, making sure that that together you have a retirement strategy. Because yes, you may only be 30 years old and getting married and thinking, what? Retirement's never coming. But that power of, of, of compounding. And I think also, even when you get to a point, maybe you're changing jobs, 
And you want to cash it out because everyone wants to cash it out. And your partner's probably saying, yeah, cash it out. We can buy a new car, all of those things. But then what is, where does that leave the two of you, you know, when you're 60, 65? No, absolutely. I think um, um, the, the retirement is, is something that, you know, when, when you are young, as you say, you think, ah, it's 100 years, you know, ahead. You know, um, you're thinking, ah, 30 years is just too long, you know, um, and, and, you know, I'll start, you know, in the future, I'll start in the next 10 years. And, you know, the earlier you start, the better. And, and, and what, the great thing about, about uh, uh, retirement annuities or the pension uh, fund is that they give you a lot of tax benefits. You know, they are also tax-free. Obviously, you're going to get taxed when you withdraw later on. But now, if, if, if your, 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 your investment is giving you tax-free is putting money in your hand so that you can use that money to grow your assets, you know? So it's, it's, it's very key. And, and, and one of, um, I think, the solution to, 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 uh, to, um, for, for investing together is that you shouldn't, you know, self-education, you know, it, it shouldn't be one person who's doing all the hard work and going out there and learning how the market work, how the ETF work, both partners should should sit down and and try and learn together, you know. And and I think that's 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 most most women. I think they, you will correct me, you know. They they, they like giving the men, you know, that that role of oh no, you you make sure that you know uh, you invest the money wisely and <laughs> and grow it and, and make sure our future is secured. I think both parties have the responsibility now to learn about how investment works, you know, and 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 and, and grow. You know, you should have a say with with how your money is invested, you know. And uh, and you know, some couples make also make a mistake of giving the full responsibility to the financial advisor. They say, no, invest for uh, money for us, and you know, and they don't they don't make initiative to learn how, where their money is invested and how is it growing? Is it beating inflation or not? You know, so it, it should be both parties' responsibilities to learn how investment work and then, you know, and grow their knowledge uh, with investing. And it's interesting you bring up a financial advisor because I think this is, a, a good, and I'm talking about good financial advisors or planners here, not people who sell your life cover and disappear. Okay, I'm talking about somebody whose business is set up to walk time with you, right? To be next to you for your life. And it's actually not a bad idea as a newlywed to work with a financial advisor, to start up up front and say, right, these are our goals. Because I, my husband and I meet our financial advisor once a year, and it's such a useful thing to talk through our goals and where we're at and our decisions and our choices it almost creates that space for us to do it. Um, and I always update all of our, I, I have to admit, you know, in my household, I do all the invest. <laughs> so I do tell my husband where all the money is, but he kind of just does leave it to me. Um, but we go to, you know, when we sit with our advisor and, and we always look at our, we look at our insurance. And that's another interesting one, of course. You know, if you're, if you're newlyweds um, and you've got no debt and things like that, you know, maybe there's not such a big need for life cover. Maybe you need to be really looking more at disability. But the minute you look at buying a house together before you, when you start ch- having children, I see far too many, I'm sorry to say this, but far too many men 
men are particularly bad at life cover. Women are more likely to take out life cover, I think, because they worry, you know, a single mom, you know, it's a big priority for them. But there's too many men out there who just think that that if they have life cover, their wife will kill them or something. I don't know what it is, but there's this fear of having life covers. I think that's also a very, very important part of this newlywed discussion. You know, are we, you know, if something happens to one of us, what actually happens? Um, And and especially as accumulating assets or debt, asset-based debt like houses um, and and raising children together. But for me, I think starting that journey with, with a financial advisor, financial planner, and, and having that person hold you account every year could be actually quite a good strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh, the knowledge that you're going to get from, from your good financial you know, planner or financial advisor is going to be timeless. It's something that, you know, it will be with you, you know, for the rest of your life. You know, so you should take advantage of that. You shouldn't give them the responsibility of uh, handling your money uh, and then you look sideways and, you know, you are getting, you, you probably you get surprised. After 20 years, they tell you, no, your investment was growing at 5%. You know, it was in the money market fund all along, you know. So you should educate yourself and, 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 and ask questions. Mm. Ask questions. And, 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 and if you don't understand, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Eventually, you will get it. And when you get it, next time you will know what to do with your finances. You know, and I like it that uh, you are the one that that is managing money at all. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I do this for a living, so you know, you do. Uh, yeah, it's probably we playing to each other's strengths. Funny enough, my husband does the budget. He he knows. I have no. If you ask me right now how much a litre of milk costs, I have no idea. He does all the shopping and the budgeting. So we're kind of switching roles. We switch roles a little bit on that one. But I think so. Just to to sum up, and I think you know, newlywed couple. Have be open and honest about where you both are financially when you enter the marriage. Um, please draw up a household budget so that you understand what it costs you to live and be fair. I think, um, Morocco, be fair about who pays for what because also you may come in on different incomes. You know, one may be a bigger income than the other. And is that split in a way that's actually fair for, for each other and, and sustainable? Um, and especially on groceries, I think I think I do see too many men thinking that groceries are cheap and, you know, because they're not doing the shopping like me because I don't do the shopping. Um, so, you know, important things. So, so all of those sort of housekeeping things and then saying, right, emergency fund, um, look at it, opening a tax-free savings account. What are our goals? And set your goals and and see how you can achieve them and maybe work with a financial advisor. I mean, what, what mm. do you think I've kind of summed it up for you? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we mustn't forget that, you know, shares, listed shares on the market are the best, you know, asset class that gives you, that will give you the, the, the best returns. So um, as you grow uh, through this journey, you know, um, you should focus, you should also, you know, put your focus on, on investing on the market, mm-hmm. uh, directly in the market, you know, um, through to buying different shares, different companies, you know, yeah, I think uh, yeah, you summed it up. And well. and of course, you can you can invest. You know, as I said earlier, with your, even through your tax free savings accounts, your ETFs, your unit trusts, you can invest offshore. So a lot of people are worried about the rand, the grey listing, yes. which I understand. I'm not saying that's not a problem, um, but 
you know, you can for 200 rand a month actually access offshore investments as well. So, so really important that you, that you look at all of that, but educate yourself as well. And good luck to all you mar- newly married couples. I have been married next month. I will be have been married for 27 years. So there you are. <laughs> Do you wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Wow. No, you know, you, you two decades ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I know no, I know about no. managing finances with it with your husband. <laughs> How that works. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your input. And um, again, uh, I really enjoyed your books. Um, think yourself rich and um, the wise investor. And uh, thank you so much, Morocco. 